Welcome back to another episode of the Goodbye July podcast. Today's episode is part two of our 2023 year-end finale five-part mini-investing masterclass. I am so glad you're here today because we are going to dig into five little-known mistakes most new investors make and what to do instead. These five mistakes might surprise you and you might realize that, unbeknownst to you, they're happening in your own life. But here's the good news. Once you identify what's happening, you can make a plan to fix it and move forward. So that's what today is all about. Let's jump into the five little known mistakes most new investors make and what you can do instead. Hey, my name is Jessica Tolar and I'm obsessed with all things passive income, productivity, entrepreneurship, and building a life where you make the rules. I'm a normal girl who took a free money class, asked a corporate executive how she retired early, and used that knowledge to build a seven-figure net worth, quit my nine-to-five, and now run an online business from countries around the world. I teach you the simple but effective secrets to building a life you adore. Think I'm special? No way. If I did it, so can you. Money, mindset, life hacks, hardship, growth, and planning are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as a weekly coffee date with a close girlfriend where you talk about the finance and business knowledge it'll take to make your dreams a reality. So take a seat, get comfortable, and prepare to be challenged and cheered on while you learn. This is the Goodbye July Podcast. Are you ready to build the exact life you've imagined for yourself? Are you ready to actually take meaningful action to make your dreams a reality? to set your money up to grow on autopilot while you're out living your life? If this sounds like a goal you have for yourself, I have something you're going to want to hear about. It is my brand new relaxed investors checklist. And this is for you. If you want to get started growing your money without having to constantly do things, use this 14 point checklist to get set up with automated investing Get set up the relaxed way, then go live your life while your money grows on autopilot in the background. No stock picking required. Grab your copy today at jessicatoller.com slash relax. That's jessicatoller.com slash R-E-L-A-X. Okay, let's get back to today's episode. All right. So before we dig into the five little known mistakes, I would like to incorporate something new into the podcast format, which is a quick two minute or less life update on how things are going here in El Salvador. This request came directly from listeners and I love it because yes, I'm here to talk to you about empowerment through personal finance, but I also do this so that you can know me as a person. And so hopefully that one day I can also know you. So today kicks off the segment that I have named a week in the life of expats in El Salvador. So as a quick catch up, we moved to El Salvador just over one year ago. And after a nine day drive from Texas through Mexico and Guatemala with our three dogs and a trailer in tow, it has been an adventure ever since. It's taken 12 full months, but El Salvador is officially starting to feel like home. I feel like we're finally hitting our stride here. 
We know how things work. We know which type of truck sells which type of fruit or sweet bread or fish. And our Spanish has improved enough for us to ask for most of the things that we need. We're really settling into a routine. And as my husband, Corey, tirelessly works on our house, which we've lovingly named the treehouse, it's transforming into a space we truly love to be. It's December, so it's been really fun to see everyone start putting up their Christmas lights and decorations, and we have been especially enjoying time up in the mountains where it's cooler. The fresh, crisp air paired with the twinkling lights and holiday music is really putting us into the holiday spirit, even though we live in the tropics. This weekend is Corey's 31st birthday, and we're playing with the idea of heading out of town for a long weekend to an area called La Ruta de las Flores, which translates to the Root of Flowers. It's a string of old colonial towns in the mountains about two hours from our house with fun night markets, beautiful natural crafts by artisans, and hot springs. I will share more on this next week, but in the meantime, we're wrapping up a few things with work and the house so that we can unplug for a four-day birthday celebration. So that's that. That is a week in the life of expats in El Salvador. So let's now dig into today's episode topic and part two of the five-part investing mini masterclass, which is five little known mistakes most new investors make and what to do instead. Here we go. Mistake number one. The first mistake most new investors make is thinking that they have to be debt-free to start investing. First of all, you don't have to be debt-free to do anything. Well, maybe not anything. I guess I can't speak that broadly, but I know for a fact that you do not have to be debt-free to start investing. So if that's something you've been telling yourself that's been keeping you from taking the plunge, Consider this your permission slip to let go of that belief. I repeat, you do not have to be debt-free to start investing. Now, you might hear that and start thinking, okay, Jess, so is there a strategy for investing while you're in debt? And the answer is, there are many. Here's what I did. I organized all my debt in order of highest interest rate to lowest interest rate, And I focused on paying off any debt with an interest rate that was higher than the average return of the stock market. Once I only had debt with interest rates that were lower than the average return of the stock market, I immediately switched my priority to investing instead of debt repayment. Let me give you an example that illustrates why I chose to do it this way. Let's say you have $100. With this $100, and technically with any money really, you have three options. You can, number one, buy something like dinner and drinks, which can be fun but doesn't really do anything for you financially. You can, number two, pay down debt, or you can, number three, buy investments. So let's say you're deciding between using this $100 to either pay down debt or invest. Now, to make math easy, let's just say the stock market performs on average at 10%. And this is important because this is what you're comparing your debt back to. So let me say it again. Let's say the stock market performs on average at 10%. 
Since you've already paid off all your debt with an interest rate of higher than 10%, the only debt you have left has interest rates of lower than 10%. So let's say your debt has an interest rate of 6%. Now we're going to play out both scenarios. Let's say you use your $100 to invest and the stock market performs at the 10% that we talked about, right? That means you would make $10. But because you did not use that $100 to pay down your debt, you would lose $6 to interest on the debt that you didn't pay. But you're still up overall. Why? Well, you made $10 in the stock market, right? So $10 made in the stock market minus $6 lost because you didn't pay off debt means that you are still up $4 overall, right? That's right. Stick with me, okay? Let's say instead that you decided to use that $100 to pay down the debt. Sure, you would save $6 of interest, but you would also miss out on the $10 that you could have made if you put that in the stock market instead. So really, you'd be down $4. This is a simple example with low hypothetical numbers, but I hope you see the point I'm trying to make. Being intentional about where you choose to put every dollar can make a difference in the long run. But the biggest point of all is this. You do not have to be debt-free to start investing and taking advantage of the growth that can come with it. Mistake number two that many new investors make. They think they have to have a lot of money to get started. Now, although it's true that growth from compound interest, or in other words, growth in the stock market, it does happen fastest when there's a large base of money to go off of. But none of us have a lot of money when we're first starting out. And remember that $1 is more than $0. So if you're telling yourself that you don't have enough money to start, stop, stop telling yourself that. Do you have a dollar? Do you have a dollar? If so, then you can start investing. Again, compound interest on $1 is more than compound interest on $0. Plus, you might actually have more to put toward investing than you think. I suggest listing out all of your monthly expenses and spending in one place so that you can easily compare it back to your income. If you are spending less than you're making, then voila, you have extra money left over that you can save or invest. I have a free budget calculator guide that can help you with this, and I'll link to it for you in the show notes. Mistake number three that most new investors make. They think they're going to lose all of their money. Look, I get that investing, especially when you're first getting started, can be scary. But I would like to use an analogy as we talk through this one. Not investing because you're scared of losing all your money reminds me of being afraid to fly because you think the plane might crash, which I used to struggle with, by the way. And while, yes, it is possible for the plane to go down, it is highly unlikely. You may have read the same research I did that said you are actually more likely to die on the way to the airport than you are in the plane. From the perspective of seeing the world, foregoing travel because you are scared of flying limits you in a way that maybe nothing else could. I feel the same way about money. Forgoing investing because you are scared that the market will crash limits you in a way that maybe nothing else could. 
It is true that yes, the stock market could crash and everything could go to zero dollars, but it is highly unlikely. And if you're like, well, Jess, it's happened before. Well, you are absolutely right. Just like planes do crash, the stock market has too. But then I would return the question to you and I would ask, did the stock market come back afterward? Historically speaking, the answer is yes. So if you are not investing because you're afraid, I would recommend number one, making sure you mitigate your risk very well. Number two, starting small and working up from there. And number three, learning as much as possible instead of avoiding. Remember, you don't know for sure that the stock market will crash, but one thing you do know for sure is that you are losing money every single day to inflation. Investing is a way to combat that. Mistake number four, thinking it will take a lot of time. Let me let you in on a little secret. Generally speaking, I spend less than one hour per year messing with our stock market investments. And do you want to know how much money they've generated so far this year? Our stock market investments alone have brought in over $18,000 so far this year, and we still have another month to go. And better yet, I have done essentially nothing. I don't pick my own stocks. I don't analyze the market. I don't watch the news. Nothing. I've automated the entire process, and you can too. Investing does not require much time. Day trading does, but investing does not. There's some work in the front end of figuring out how much you can afford to invest and selecting a brokerage and someone you can trust to invest on your behalf. But beyond that, it's usually just an annual review of your goals, which takes about an hour. And that is if you decide to do the review. If your goals haven't changed significantly, you might not need to do it at all. In which case, that would mean after the initial setup, you would spend literally no time at all managing your stock market investments while they grow on autopilot in the background. And last but not least, mistake number five that most new investors make is thinking they have to have a rock solid strategy to get started. Look, the only strategic questions you need to have the answer to are number one, on a scale of one to 10, how aggressive or risky do you want to be with your investments? And number two, how old do you want to be when you retire? And if these stress you out, remember, you can always just aim for average, which would mean opting for about a five on the aggressiveness scale and then selecting the normal retirement age for your country. Also, remember that you can change your answers at any time. These are not set in stone. But really, beyond these two things, there's not much more strategy that you need. Once you find someone to invest for you, they'll want to know these two things, and then they're going to look at how old you are today, and they're going to see how many years are between your current age and the age you want to retire, and then they will choose investments for you based on that timeline and the number you selected for your risk tolerance. It truly can be that simple, and let me remind you again that I do not pick my own stocks. I never have. And so far, over the lifetime of my stock investments, they have returned over $41,000 with almost no effort or time required on my part. 
and the only quote-unquote strategy I had to do to get started was to pick a number between 1 and 10 and elect my retirement age. It was that easy. Here's the big picture. Learning about investing is an investment. It can take some time and energy up front, but once you get it and realize that it does not have to be super complicated with stock ticker symbols and men running around on Wall Street in suits yelling financial terms, it actually becomes really simple. With a simple system and some automation, your money can be invested and grow on autopilot behind the scenes while you are out living your life. So if you're nodding along and saying, yes, I think I get it, investing can be easy, head over to the show notes and grab my new 14-point checklist for new investors who want to get started investing the relaxed way. This is your single page of to-do items to set up automated investing so you can get set up in a matter of days, not months, and then carry on doing the things you actually want to do with the peace of mind that comes with knowing your money is growing in the background. You can grab your relaxed investors checklist and any other resources mentioned in today's episode in the show notes at jessicatolar.com slash zero three five. Financial freedom is not that far out of reach, and it's something that is absolutely available to you. But the longer you wait, the harder it will be. I've talked about this before, but growth from stock market investing comes from compound interest, and compound interest needs time to build and time to work. So the longer you wait, the more you could miss out. So if you're tired of worrying about money, make this a priority in your life. We are heading into the new year. Now is the perfect time to put this at the top of your list. Financial wellness is absolutely a critical piece of self-care. So make sure you're taking care of it because in the end, it will help take care of you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Goodbye July podcast and be sure to tune in next week for part three of the year and finale five-part mini masterclass on investing. Until next time, work less, live more, and keep on chasing your wildest dreams. Congratulations on finishing another episode of the Goodbye July podcast. If you want more, head over to jessicatolar.com slash podcast for show notes and any resources mentioned in today's episode. Don't forget to rate the show, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you would, share it with a friend. I believe in a world where we're all financially free, so let's help each other get there. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Goodbye July podcast.